Welcome to Lash Cast. We love lashes and have a passion to see our industry grow and thrive. In our podcast, we will discuss ideas, explore trends, share secrets, encourage one another, and debunk myths. I'm your host, Paul Lubers, and I'm the general manager at Integrity Lash in Pasadena, California. Our salon specializes in lash extensions, and we've been in business for over 11 years. We have 12 full-time lash stylists and have been chosen by LA Magazine, Vanity Fair, and Brides.com as one of the top lash salons in Southern California. I'm proud to say that for two years running, Salon Today has also chosen us as one of the top 200 salons in North America. Well, I'm very excited to be back. Um, we didn't quit after our first podcast. That's a big uh, check off the uh, to-do list for today. Um, very excited to have with me in the room. I have Christina Segura, Erica Ramsey, and Tusney Lubers. We all work together at Integrity Lash, and this is really round two. So what we're going to do is I'm going to start us off by asking each of the, my colleagues here to share a funny observation or something you've noticed recently about our industry, uh, or maybe you share a funny story about maybe an interaction you have had with one of your clients. We're not here to bash clients by any means, more where we look stupid is what we're thinking about. Not so much where how dumb my client was, because really that's not cool. So I'm going to start to my left here with Christina. Hi, everybody. Um, mine is more of a trend or an observation that I'm seeing on Instagram and social media. It's the magnetic lash. <laughs> Actually, um, there's a, I saw a billboard uh, driving no. around Hollywood. It's a, like magnetic lashes. Yeah, it was a That's billboard. That's really cool. Um, so I'm not, I, I kind of like the idea of a magnetic lash. It's a neat thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like somebody goes too long between a fill. Well, let me just throw these lashes on. But when I really sat and watched the video and they're showing, um, it's actually an infomercial. I don't know if you've seen it. It's, mm -mm. it's a few minutes long I've and it's it. a woman. It's yeah. lots of people and telling why they like it. And they have mascara on the lashes. And, and I really stopped and I really focused on the look of it. And it's really just, a wing for the outer corner of your lashes. So you have nothing, nothing, nothing. And then it's just that outer corner. I don't know if there's like a full set they sell. Do you want to explain what, what a magnetic lash is? So yeah, it's a, um, it's like a, a strip basically, like but a half strip. A half yeah. strip. Yeah. It's really like a quarter strip when you see it. And it's got, it has two little tiny baby magnetic lashes. So you put one under your lash line and you grab the other one and it just automatically attaches sandwiches. to it. Yeah, it just sandwiches them in. So I have to wonder, and, it's, and they show it. Um, when you take it off, they show it. You slide them apart and they just pop off. So I wonder what the natural lash, what happens in there when you're you know, sliding and opening. Um, but my main concern more than anything uh, was, hey, I like the idea. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I really like the idea of that. But when you're doing that, it's only the outer corner that's yeah. being covered. So you yeah. still have your little stubbies in front. Yeah, yeah, you have to have like really great lashes already. Yeah. Like, or thick liner. Yeah. It was Otherwise, I feel like they look more artificial than strip lashes that do go all the way. Right. Right. I saw a YouTuber who sh who made a post on how to make your own magnetic lashes. And I was like, oh, <sighs> click on this. And what she had done was she bought the magnetic lashes and she took the magnets off and oh. put them on her own strip that mm. she had cut specifically for her eye. And she kind of worked Genius. it so that it had like a bend to it. So it was perfect for her. She said, you know, and that's, she just kind of like 
did it yourself. So that, that could be an option for yeah. people if they didn't like the preform. It is because it's only just the outside right. wing. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they did that because I feel like how uncomfortable would it be to have magnets like on your inner corners? <laughs> like it'd be yeah. so thick. Yeah, that right. was my initial thought, right. but well, I don't know. It's I like, think the magnets um, are, are what's costly in yeah. that. Um, some people have complained that the actual lashes on the magnetic ones are not a good quality. Um, but the magnets are like a, I assume they're like a rare earth, very strong type magnet and they're kind of pricey. Um, so in order for, I'm thinking the price that they, maybe they didn't choose the, the quality of the lashes because the price of the magnets was high. So yeah, yeah, I found that um, you you have to be really careful with your credit card not to get too close to your eye because it demagnetizes it when you do that. <laughs> Don't start any really rumors here. That is like yeah, sorry. A bad attempt at humor. It was. <laughs> this um, is what we live made, like. They're yeah, actually right. made out of kryptonite, is why here, and that's why they're so expensive. <laughs> they're really quite quite unique. Ladies, Superman will never never save you. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when Paul works in the salon. Uh, that's right. <laughs> I'm the only guy. I'm all alone. <laughs> It's quite a quite interesting thing. So, all right. Erica, how about you? Yeah, I think for me, it's following more on the trends because trends are funny. <laughs> so I really enjoy laughing at pictures of the LED like flashing. They're not lashes. It's like a strip of liner that you put on your lid <laughs> before you go out to a club or do a rave or something. And I think it's just so – it's very um, – it's so future. Mm-hmm. It remi- reminds me of the Hunger Games and the uh-huh. Capitol and like all their crazy yeah. makeup. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, I mean, I don't know, but I think it does tie to, you know, just the, the upswing and the trend of lashes in general. Uh-huh. And then all these modifications we're doing with the eyes and what, what else can we add to them? Right. So I don't know. I think what I'm observing is that trend for sure. Kind of needing to invent something new and different, but I think that one's just a little out there. Yeah. When you said that, it just jogged my memory. I was looking at Instagram yesterday, and I discovered this is not about lashes, but it's about beauty. The new trend, uh, have you guys seen it? It's called Glitter Tongue. No. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> glitter tug. Yeah. So the makeup what? artist does a beautiful lip, right? We're searching right yeah. now. Googling. Yeah. And you um, put glitter on the tongue and the, the pose is with your mouth, your tongue sticking out. And uh, in order to do the, the you, you're not supposed to use regular glitter. You're supposed to use like an edible glitter. Or regular know? glue, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Something. <laughs> so it's glue a, it's on your a, tongue. But uh, anyway, uh, glitter tongue, Google it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Glitter tongue is the newest yes. look no one asked for, but everyone needs. That's right. <laughs> right. right. Literally yeah. article wow. Time. Okay, but wait. Instagram that. only has a hundred uh, Glitter tongues posts right now. Yeah. Oh, All right. It's brand new. Uh, it'll be after this brand podcast. Brand new. Everywhere. Everyone's yeah. going to do it. Millions of people will be glitter tonguing now. Wow. Well, um, I'll share with you one I think is kind of funny. Um, on Instagram, sometimes we see <laughs> posts from lash artists, and while they may make you chuckle, uh, it might be a complaint about a about a client, um, or you know something. You know, I, I can't think of anything really funny now, but usually they will make me chuckle. Um, but it's a double-edged sword because while I'm chuckling because I understand and sympathize with whatever complaint somebody is talking about, I also cringe inside because oftentimes the Instagram site is, you know, a person's clients will right. be watching. And mm-hmm. if they see their lash artist bashing somebody who had came in with dirty lashes or somebody who came in late or something like that, 
it, it may make them feel a little bit bad about that. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I don't think that's super productive. I One of my girlfriends was sharing with me she had gone uh, to get her hair done, and she was having a great time chatting with the stylist, and the stylist picked up her phone and was talking and said, oh, yeah, I'm still working. Can't believe that I've been working all day. And my friend, who's getting her hair done, just kind of sinks in her chair because she's thinking, here I she's am. Talking about my, me. She's talking yeah. about me. Yeah. You know? And um, made her feel a little bit bad because, you know. So um, be careful what you post on Instagram right. because while those complaints are legitimate and we do need uh, forums where we can um, share them and be frustrated and ask for coaching, when you do it directly to our client base, it's it sends a dual signal because most of the, our clients, they want to be in good relationship mm-hmm. with us and they want to make sure that we're pleased and stuff like that, which is another reason why, you know, we don't complain, oh, I'm so tired, that kind of thing. So uh, while it's funny and I enjoy them, it, I also cringe at the same time when I see people complaining about their clients. Absolutely. This whole time you were talking, Tessany, they were just watching and glitter time. Glitter I was glitter time. <laughs> I know I'm seeing the beards and I'm seeing that. I'm, I'm like recording them, um, looking at glitter time. Yeah, Tessie's saying such important stuff. No, that it we is got... important, and I think you know I do have thoughts on it though. So yeah. I think that our industry, I mean, it's it's the hair industry, mm-hmm. it's the makeup industry, it's beauty, beauty industry. It it has always been like a little bit more of a casual like. I'm I'm your stylist, but I'm your best friend. You yes. know, it's a relational. It is, which is great. It and you know we love having those really. I love having the relationship with my hairstylist mm-hmm. and and all of that. But I think something that is more spa like, which what we're trying to create mm-hmm. in our salon, like you just have to be prof- professional. professional, and it's really not that hard. <laughs> so it's it's amazing that. Striving to be professional will just raise your game uh, mm-hmm. on, on, on every aspect. Actually, that brings up a good off way off subject. Go Is everybody it. trying to be spa-like in the lash industry? I, I mean, don't know. Because it's so many. Like, we have our own rooms, right? Yeah, there's right. seven rooms, two shifts. We all have our own room. It's private. But there's a lot of salons that are lash dedicated, and it's just. One open room, yeah. or there's stalls, still, yeah. little stalls. But you it's know. it's still a bed. They still get a blanket. You know, they still fall asleep. Like it's all a similar I wanna experience. Throw that out to our seven listeners. <laughs> something. Are you guys also going for spa environment? Yeah, like we are. Let or? us know. So I ha- I know that there are some that have like a maybe a rockabilly vibe. You know, mm-hmm. it's a rock and roll. It's kind of a you know. Yeah, we saw um, one over edgy. in uh, over I think in Beverly Hills, and it was more like a rock and roll, mm, like straight yeah. out heavy metal. Like, mm-hmm. wow, yeah, it was really a lot of quite, black and yeah, the decor. Black and a gl- a glam- what was that one? Like was that the one with the chairs? Yeah, oh. the chairs. Yeah, the yeah. Bel- yeah. velour chairs. Where they yeah. did like the lashes in yeah, the yeah. chairs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I think like my I really like when clients fall asleep because then I Same. can do everything like better. Absolutely, I can do everything better. I'm just better when I don't talk. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let's go. We have two topics today. Let's go to the first one. But when I look at job posting sites, most lash salons I see posting jobs focus on speed. They're, they're looking for stylists who are fast. They can look for someone who can do a fill in less than an hour. I almost never see anyone talk about wanting a lash stylist who does quality work. Why do you think that is? What is more important, speed or quality? Or can you have both? Very good question. Uh, I'll start this out by saying I went and got my nails done uh, over the weekend, and I was chit-chatting with the 
the guy who was doing my, my, my nails, and uh, I asked him if he liked his job, and he says, I like it. What I don't like is the environment. I said, do tell, explain. And he says, well, we work on commission here. It's $10 for a manicure. Um, the salon keeps $6. We keep 4 And because of that, sometimes I see some coworkers really rushing through the service because they're trying to get every new person that comes through the door not to do quality work, but just mm-hmm. to get the extra money. So the, pro- the thing that bothers me is that people don't care about the work. They just care about the money. And, um, I mean, money is a concern, right? But uh, I think that if you make it your value to do quality, um, you're going to attract a different kind of uh, clientele. And also the emphasis is going to be on the experience of the work. Um, And that's that's a different value. You're looking long-term, thinking, I want to do the best work I can so that the people that I see will come back to me and they'll, they'll return. It's, it's less work to keep taking care of the people that you've seen than to try to get new people that you've just burned through. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that it's much better to make the emphasis on the quality and the experience, which is something that you can't do without time. Uh, I, I would really like to see that change where people are really focusing not necessarily so much on how fast they are, but to improve the experience of the work, um, mm-hmm. experience that the client gets by quality work. Yeah. I think like any Facebook lash groups I'm in, I think people do want both, but they don't, I don't know, they don't want to sacrifice one for the other for the reasons right. you're speaking to. I think it's another, I think speed is another standard in our industry. People think that they need to meet because it's what they've been told. That's right. So I think that, you know, they're they're going, oh, I need to get fast, I need to get fast, I need to get fast, and I can just, I mean, people don't want to lay there forever, and mm-hmm. they're told these things that we've experienced aren't necessarily true. Our clients are like, oh, I just come and I sleep and I take a nap mm-hmm. and my kids are at school and it's the best thing ever. And I think there's a very small percentage of our clients who would like to be in and out faster, mm-hmm. but it's a very small per- percentage. I I feel like, and but yeah, I really I really do think it is something in our industry that we've gotten into that right. people think that they just have to do. And yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll we'll uh, tell you why you don't have to be super fast. I I, I really agree with you. Um, I think that sometimes uh, we. Um, we we think uh, we got to get the client in and out fast because that's what the client wants. I mean, people have things to do. But if given the choice between mm-hmm. um, the quality, if we can start to separate that out and say, you know, one of the factors to get quality work is time. You need more time in, in that equation. When you have more time, it creates a better experience. Uh, if If you give people that choice, you know, would you rather... It's. I, I think that there's not a connection between quality and the time. If you just ask, would you like to be here for three hours or would you like to be here for one? Most people are going to be, you know, in busy lives. I'd rather be here for one. Mm-hmm. But people don't quite understand that there is a price to pay, so to speak, for less time. And it is just not, 
it's not the same quality. Well, and you receive, you see it in the retention because <laughs> exactly. if you do a fill in 30, 45 minutes, they're going to be back in two weeks with, you know, 80% of their lashes gone right. in two weeks. And, mm-hmm. and so that's just not a sacrifice. I think if you ask that question, they that's want right. retention. I think the difference, though, is specifically to these things that are looking for an hour or less, they're looking for volume lashes. And I don't know that we've said it yet, but we're a um, classic lash salon. Like we only do classic. We take forever and our people like it and we mm-hmm. charge more than other, most other salons. Um, so it's really important. I think um, people are looking for speed because that's most people are on commission or they're mm-hmm. booth renting mm-hmm. and it's as fast as you can. Like we're not paid that way. We are an mm-hmm. employee company. We're paid a certain way to do good work it, and we're perfecting our craft as classic lash stylists. Um, but it's important that those people who are looking for speed, it's because they want to do it fast because that's their bread and butter. That's their income. And so if you can get both speed and quality, which I don't know because I don't do volume all the mm-hmm. time. I don't know if that those two go together, but I know classic and speed mm-hmm. and quality don't go together. Mm-hmm. Those are three mm-hmm. separate things. Um, so maybe that's why they're looking for mm-hmm. speed, right? Mm-hmm. And, and we're still not like super slow. I mean, we've timed ourselves before. Right. And we're just, so obviously classic, it's one to one ratio, one extension to one natural lash. And I think across the board through our salon, we're probably three to five or six lashes a minute. Mm-hmm. So we're still, you know, we're not turtles. Right. We do our work on the eye where what I've learned when I go to these conferences, I'm watching what they're doing and they're doing it on the strip and dropping. Right. right. So, so you have to get, so they're not even talking about speed tip. I think on, on the eyeballs, they're talking about speed on the strips. Like can and you make your creating fans, the fan? Yeah. yeah. Create your mm-hmm. fan, get that on, do it in an hour, get them out. So I, I think it's, it's hard for us to answer that because we're not able, nobody can come in and do an hour Fill right. for us. <laughs> well, the emphasis with the speed is that the emphasis is on, on what it looks like immediately after when it's done. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the, the clients right in front of you, you have to interact with them, you know, when they get out of the salon. My most important moment is not when they are done and they're, they're looking at the lash in the mirror and you're done with the service. My most successful moment is two weeks after that, two weeks after that full set. I want those lashes to look better in those two weeks then than they do um, immediately after. And that's a long-term gain. It's not one that you even get the benefit of seeing their expression or, you know, uh, what it looks like for them. But it's creating that quality experience that will bring them back. It's, It's the only thing that will separate you from the other your your competition mm-hmm. is what it what it wears like for that for that client. So the emphasis is not on what it looks like immediately after getting in Malison. It's like creating that I want the best time of their lashes to be two weeks after they come in. And in order to do that, it requires more time. Right. Um, I'm gonna share just a little bit about our, our technique um, or, or just how we, we think about lashes. I call all lashes that are in the um, the telogen state, which is the resting state, it's the, the longest that the lash is going to be. Now, you, you can't really tell if, if the lash is in its new growth phase or catagen or telogen. There's no determining factor to tell that. You don't really need to know that. Um, but you just need to be able to figure out which lash is in its 
you know, as long as it's going to be. And, mm-hmm. I, and we have a name for that. We call those control lashes. Mm-hmm. I call them control lashes because you have control over what that lash is going to do. Most people are going to lash those control lashes, those mature lashes that are in the lash line. Um, but the thing is, is that those are the first lashes that are going to shed. The ones that are just now growing, we refer to them as baby lashes. They're in the antigen stage. They're smaller. Those are the ones that are going to come out in two weeks. So if you just go through the lashes and you get the control lashes, which are the adult ones, they'll look great when they get off the table, but they're not going to have the same longevity because they're going to shed and the ones that are coming in will not be lashed. So in order to give our guests a different experience, we need the time to go back and do those baby lashes. Mm-hmm. Um, so that uh, we call them insurance, insurance lashes, because they're the only insurance that the client's still going to have those on, you know, co- when they come back in. And you can't do that in an hour. Mm-hmm. And you do for those smaller ones or the baby lashes, we do do full size extensions, do we? No. no, I mean, the answer is yes, we can, but it depends on what the client needs. So one of the questions that we ask our guests when they first come in for their service is, what's coming up for you in the next month? Do you have um, a vacation or a wedding? And sometimes they'll say, I am going on vacation, but I'm not leaving for two weeks. Or I'm going and I need, you know, I, my special event, I have a speaking engage- engagement is in three weeks. So I know that they can't bloom, so to speak, um, too early. If you put a long lash on a baby lash, by the time it grows out in two weeks, it's going to be way out there. And then she's going to have one lash that's hanging out, twisting, really causing attention to it, bringing attention to itself. Mm -hmm. So what we do is we plan for the growth. We are looking at that lash and projecting what's it going to do in the next several weeks. So we put a, a, in that case, when, when she needs longevity, um, we go shorter. Mm-hmm. You put short ones on those on those baby lashes. And as it grows out, she's not going to be able to tell how much room is between the base and the extension. It's just going to look like a, a, a normal lash. It creates longevity. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of opposite of what a lot of people in our industry do is they treat all her, the client's lashes as the same. And they will put all one size or just a variation, one or two millimeters difference on that. And I think that's... It's a different way of doing lashes, um, but what's so important is that you have to consider that the canvas that we're working on, which is eyelashes, are in a it's they're in a constant state of change. Mm-hmm. Lash growth is asynchronous, meaning it's not happening all at the same time. Each lash is telling you something different. Each lash is telling you where it is in its biological phase. So if you're able to plan for that growth, you're going to be able to deliver a much more nuanced uh, experience for that client. Mm -hmm. Um, But let's say she says, hey, I am going to the Oscars tomorrow. I am having a photo shoot tomorrow, and I need to look amazing tomorrow. Then at that point, you can say, hey, I can give you really long lashes on your baby lashes. It means that you're going to have need to come in sooner. They're going to grow out faster. But you can deliver that depending on what she needs. Mm-hmm. So it's really important to have that consult. What's coming up for you in, in, the, in the, the next month? Or uh, It's just a different way of looking at it, and it, it kind of brings us back to you know, that, that question, you know, what's um, most important, the speed or the quality? To that, the speed versus quality, I was just thinking where you're speaking. You know, because people are paid on a different scale, most of the industry versus what we're paid, mm-hmm. I think that speed is important to them right because Mm -hmm. you're getting paid and it's only going to last a couple weeks because my answer for us is 
you know, that extra half hour or hour that we get, we do hour and a half, two hour fills that carries us through the four weeks, right? That Mm -hmm. carries our guests through the four weeks where people who are looking for something fast, you're looking for that quick turnaround. You're Mm -hmm. looking for somebody to come back and and they're going to come back every couple weeks. Mm -hmm. So you do an hour, you got your client back in in two weeks, Mm -hmm. which I mean, it's going to backfire eventually, but quickly right now it's returning in your pocket yeah you know it's almost like a sugar high Mm -hmm. we have a term called lash burnout that you know at some point if they have to come back every two weeks they're just going to burn out that's Mm -hmm. so coming in too often and one of the benefits of for us we see slowing down doing the work right and just make sure we're not rushing it creates first a great better experience for the client like we're not trying to rush them in out of the room i mean i look on yelp a lot and one of the common complaints you'll see if there is a bad review is they feel like they were rushed and rushed out, rushed in, just pushed, you know, because they need to get to the next client. They're always running behind. They're telling them to wait in the room, and then they give them a little bit less of the time they originally were scheduled for, and they don't think the client cares. Well, the client does care. They want a luxurious service. This is yeah. a this is not a necessity. As much as we think it is, it's not. Mm-hmm. And so people should realize that, and I think that's one of the benefits of slowing down. Also, I think by slowing down, um, because the appointments, you, you come in less often because you do better work. The client's going to be more, I think, loyal to you over the long mm-hmm. term because they see the where and how well it lasts, and they go, wow, that's great. Now, we're, we're going to probably do this another time. Slowing down is not the only thing you need to do. It also comes down to your technique. How are you applying the lashes? But at least you're going to create, I think, a better environment for your client and a better, more relaxing time but they don't feel like they have to get in, get out, and move on to the next thing because, as Christina said, it is – Unfortunately, for a lot of people, it's about money. And not unfortunately, I mean, always working is about money. But you might shoot yourself in the foot by just thinking about it as a transaction. I'm just trying yeah. to get some cash out of this person. That's right. You're building a relationship. You're mm-hmm. building trust. We really deal in trust, not in money. Once the trust is gone, the money's gone. Mm-hmm. So what you have to do is make sure that you – you know, treat them that way. Don't make them feel like you're just trying to get cash out of them. Like a lot of nail salons, I think you can go to as well as like, I, I, I've never done it, but I've been told like, oh, to try to add on, add on, add on. And you're just like, you know, slow down. I'm just trying to get my nails done here. I only need 20 more add-ons on top of that because they're just trying to get cash out of you. So for us, I think we've always said, slow it down. Our appointments are longer. And by the way, if you do that, you do good work, you can charge more. And I think you get in a downward spiral sometimes by trying to be faster than your only way you can compete now is by being cheaper than the person down the street. Mm-hmm. Maybe thinking about it a little differently, slow down, do better, more beautiful works and more solid right. quality work. And you could probably charge more because your clients will be more loyal to you. Right. We have a saying for that. Uh, it's uh, a race to the bottom. And it's definitely not a race that you want to win. You don't, you don't want to be um, the, the cheapest salon the cheapest, on the block. Yeah. Bad, bad business. I do want to make a distinction when we're talking about slowing it down. When I say slow it down, it doesn't mean that we're applying the lashes slower. It, mm-hmm. We're still working fast. We're mm-hmm. still doing everything we can to improve our efficiency. But that added time allows us to get more lashes that we otherwise wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And those lashes that we m- otherwise wouldn't are what makes the difference for the client's wear. Mm-hmm. And removing more lashes. That's right. Yeah, That's we right. I mean, we will remove up to 50, 75% of all the lashes they come in with. It's almost like walking out with a whole new set That's from right. our salon, which gives you better wear. Um, that's, a, that's a different thing. Uh, Christina and I were at um, uh, an event where we were uh, getting to talk with some other professionals, and uh, we had a conversation with uh, another esthetician who was curious. She sees uh, her, her guests have come in with um, lash extensions, and she had a word of advice for us, or she was you know, cautioning us and um, saying, 
if you could come up with a procedure that um, would make it so that you remove them, or do you remove them like a, like a full set of nails? Like you can go so many fills before, you know, three or four fills before you need to get a full set. And I explained to her, I said, well, we do things a little bit differently here. Um, we actually do remove lashes at every fill appointment because as soon as they've grown out, and she was shocked. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was really shocked. Yeah, as soon, just because they come back in with lashes, um, doesn't mean that they're going to stay. Right. For us, the criteria is how do they look in the lash line because as soon as they start to grow, they they can start to twist a little bit, and also those those are lashes. Again, they're control lashes. Those are the first ones that are going to fall out. So. Um, we will replace those bonds. I mean, the, another way for us to look at it is that we're not really slower. Mm-hmm. We just have longer appointments. Right. I yeah. mean, really, that's, I guess, what we're really trying to say is yeah. um, I think we do have fast team members. Uh, when they, we said we will probably talk about this in another podcast, but like, why do we only do classic? I think we might be the only salon in Southern California that only does classic. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone's moved to volume or doing both, volume and classic. But just so people know, when we do classic, we'll do 150 lashes or more per eye in the classic mode. We often will get calls where people will see that and they'll be like, I saw your volume, it's beautiful. And we're like, well, that's not volume, it's classic. Mm-hmm. And they're just like, well, it looks like volume. Like, yes, well, yes. It's we, dimension. It's <laughs> dimension, yeah, exactly. yes. And it's a lot more. We do 150 where the average, yeah. I think, salon doing classic, we do 60, 70, 80, maybe 100 lashes per eye. That extra time allows us to put more on there in the classic way mm-hmm. and really pays out, I think, but we get the impact that people still want that they're mm-hmm. looking for with volume. Yeah. Okay, that wraps up first topic. Let's move on to our next one. Over the last two years, we've seen more lash distributors come out and say that you can get your own lashes wet immediately after you've got them done. Did these companies create a better glue? And why couldn't the glue get wet before and now it can well, first, I think um, the standard in the industry has been that you can't get them wet for the first 24 to 48 hours, which most of our listeners probably know. But um, we are seeing people saying, oh, hey, guess what? You can get your lashes wet immediately now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's a great question because you think, oh, they must have a special glue. But mm-hmm. you've always been able to get them wet. That's right. <laughs> so go yeah. Um, we talked about briefly at the last one, um, the... Adhesive that we use for eyelash extensions is a cyanoacrylate. And the way that it's a, it's a solvent evaporation, the way that it cures is um, the, uh, the polymers react with hydrolyzed ions, water in the air. That's what causes, that's the catalyst that causes those polymer chains to link up and form that tight waterproof bond. So think about it. If you want to remove extensions, do you use water? Do you use oil? Um, the remover may be in an oil base, but it's it's got a solvent in it. You can't just remove lashes with Vaseline, right. lard, um, olive, you know, oil. olive oil, right? You can't put them in water and dissolve them. Um, that bond stays waterproof and tight. You need a solvent to break down that compound uh, so that it can be um, broken apart. So it's not the water that causes it. It's it's a sol- it's a solvent. Um, so why do you think that that has been the standard that we have to get them or we can't get them wet? Can't get them wet. Why do you think that's been, well, in the very taught? beginning, the manufacturer said, do not 
get them wet. I remember back in 2005, the manufacturer says, do not get them wet. Um, and I remember thinking, it's like you're dropping the lashes on there. You're putting the, the lashes on in a certain position. And ideally, you don't want the client to touch them or do anything. You want them to grow out like a hole, like a, like a grid as they're, as they're growing out. Um, I think it, there, it, it, there's, there's a couple reasons why. At the time, the way that we were taught to bond was just to kind of tap it, a small little area, and drop it in there. There was, we talked about isolation, but we weren't able to completely achieve that. Um, and also, when you just use a small little area of glue, there's not as much surface contact on there, and it's much easier to pop those lashes off. And so, any kind of interference with that extension on the eyelash could potentially pop it off. So I think part of the admonition to not get them wet was to have the client not touch them that much because the less they touched them, the less they interfered with them, the better it worked. Because I think that when people put them on and they saw that you, when you touch them and you rub them, when you wash them, you would have more um, breaking or popping off, that kind of thing. So it was just said, don't, don't get them wet. Because if you look at the chemistry of it, it doesn't really make any sense. The way right. that the adhesive bonds is through water. That's right. what it needs to work. Um, and, and it's always been that way. It's always been that <laughs> way. And that's why they use the that's misters right. now, right? right. Those, uh, the, what they, the nanomisters. Nanomisters right. now. They're adding water, right, to the glue right. to bond it or to mm -hmm. cure it. I think Christina was sharing with us earlier that she was on a, a lash forum. Um, what was it that you were talking about? Oh, this poor girl. She says, you know, I'm so allergic. I'm so allergic that I'm doing lashes and I'm having an allergic reaction. I need an adhesive without acrylate. Mm -hmm. And some, a few people are like, oh, try this glue, try this glue. And somebody's like, hun, the adhesive is cyanoacrylate. Like you can't bond without that That's ingredient right. That's right. so it's just like when the beginning of this whole industry um people said don't wash your lashes mm -hmm. don't touch your lashes shower with goggles mm -hmm. on That's how right. many I girls like mm -hmm. gave out lash goggles for their mm -hmm. you know I still see posts on instagram where someone's like, i'm protecting my lashes yeah, yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> and it's all fallacies but i think it really was like you said it was just you were dropping and moving on so yeah. it was more fear of that lash falling off and then also not right. taking the blame as a stylist like right. it was those manufacturers way to keep all of us out of um I don't know, being blamed or, right. or, or having people come back and saying, I need a refund right. exactly. because they didn't know what was going to happen. Right. And we weren't artists yet. We weren't bonding fully. Yeah. We weren't doing these things that we know to do now. That's right. So I think that's where a lot of, and as more new people come in and they're going to the same manufacturer who hasn't changed their ideas yet, that's yeah. maybe where the fallacies. That. Yeah. Um, I, I think also may, maybe people aren't necessarily malicious, but it, it, it could come from just a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. When you yeah. talk about different kinds of adhesives, there are um, like water-based uh, natural and synthetic polymers uh, that bond through solvent evaporation, like we're talking like, a, like an Elmer's glue. Um, the solvent in an Elmer's glue is water. In the water, there are little polymers that... Um, when the water is gone, uh, are, are sticky and, and bond together. So if you're bonding two pieces of wood together, you put the Elmer's glue in the, the little cre crevice. Once the water has evaporated from that glue, those polymers hold those two pieces of wood together. Mm -hmm. um, now that's a water-soluble glue. When that gets wet, 
it can dissolve that bond. So sometimes I think maybe people thought, well, if they get them wet, it's 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 the same kind of bond. It's a, uh, you know it, it's going to destroy that that mm -hmm. bond. But there's also different kinds of adhesives like epoxies, where you put two different uh, compounds together, agents uh, that that catalyze and and form a different kind of bond. Um, cyanoacrylate is a, a solvent-based, uh, well, it's, um, it, there's a liquid, and in that liquid are these um, polymers that uh, are activated with water. It's just a different kind, but it's not soluble with water. You have to, if you think about how it's broken down, you have to use a, a solvent to, mm -hmm. to do that. So currently, um, there is a big company that's still saying, uh, you can use our nanomister even though you can't get your lashes wet for six hours. And I was shocked to see that actually because it's a it's a pretty big company, mm -hmm. and I just I, we haven't said this yet. We mm -hmm. end every one of our services with a saline rinse. That's like we right. we don't use those brushes. Like you see a lot of the brushes right now where people are washing and doing their own baby's shampoo, yeah. or like what's kind of safe? Like can I put baking soda in yeah. suds that I'm selling? And mm -hmm. I have a brush and mm -hmm. and I'm doing this. And you're seeing all those videos mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. you don't have to make it that complicated. You know we use That's right. Um, actually, I think you're buying it from Costco now, the saline solution. Yeah. It's just the regular eye contact rinse. Actually, it's something that doesn't have... It's for sensitive eyes. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's two kinds of uh, saline uh, products, if you will. One is a multi-purpose solution, uh, which contact lens wearers will buy. You can use it to rinse. You can use it to clean, store, and disinfect. And then there's a regular saline that doesn't have those extra chemicals in it. Um the multi-purpose solution is great for some people, but uh, a, a, a percentage of the population does have an allergy to it. It has uh, something called uh, thimerosal or thimerosal in it, uh, which does cause certain allergies for, for people. So to avoid that, uh, we just get the pure saline sol solution. It does have uh, preservatives in it, but it's not the same thing that can cause that allergy. So uh, it, we've gone to the store and bought the wrong thing. So check your labels carefully. You mm -hmm. might even want to put that on the intake form. Are you allergic to thimerosal? We do also pull their eye back and open. That's so correct. we do, it's not like, oh, make sure the eye is closed. So we don't, just things we don't do. We don't yeah. use those brushes. We don't make our own sudsy soap. We actually, right. to clean the lashes, we ask they're cleaned every day. And we right now recommend OcuSoft. It's a medical lid scrub. There is nothing sexy about it. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's actually made for people who are bedridden, right? And they can't. Um, it's for made for people who have blepharitis. Okay. Any, any, um, it's, it's a lid scrub. It yeah. cleans the um the the lash special line yeah, and the, the eyelid line, and the meibomium glands it's it great you don't like need mm -hmm. you don't need water if you can't rinse it and we don't do the wipies like i had a girl who was so excited who was like i got the wipes i was like no 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 just get the foam and she's like are you sure i'm like i promise you're going to be fine <laughs> yeah the foam is great because it gets in all those little crevices mm -hmm. and and works out the solvent um i don't know we were going to save this for another uh, podcast oh, but i will share share, <laughs> share with you right now um a little bit about contact dermatitis and a little bit about how that allergy happens. Um, the adhesive, the cyanoacrylate, like I said, it is liquid in the bottle. Um, those polymers are suspended in that liquid through the solvent. Once again, it hits the hydrolyzed ions, it forms that tight waterproof bond. But there is a byproduct in that, and that is the solvent. It's a chemical. Um, I believe that what happens is once it's bonded, it 
can uh, leach down the lash and, and can possibly irritate the eyes. 5% of the population has an allergy to cyanoacrylates. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have the allergy, you're not going to know, though, on your first exposure to it. Right. It takes three exposures before that allergy is going to present, um, which is one of the reasons why doing a patch test uh, doesn't really work because you, you may oftentimes get a false negative. If you put it on the skin or behind the ear, that's not the same tissue as the margin of the eyelid. Mm -hmm. um, and so it can give people a false sense of security. They need to be exposed to it at least three times on your third exposure the very next day both eyes present swollen and puffy um, the thing is is that if they didn't get treatment and they're just washing their lashes over between seven and ten days it would completely dissipate and it's because the solvent is is binding with the the water it's like if you write on your skin with permanent marker yeah it's permanent but because our skin cells are growing and they're they're constantly shedding that permanent marker in a week will be completely gone right. it's the same thing with the 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 solvent so one of the factors in removing that solvent faster is simply cleaning washing the area so when the client uh, is instructed not to clean that area what can happen is number one if they are allergic that allergen, which is the leftover solvent, is on the skin causing irritation. So it can cause more contact dermatitis for that 5% that have it. The other thing is, is that the salts and the oils that we're constantly producing just by normally living builds up on the eyelid and it can be very stingy. People have called the salon before and said, you know, hey, my eyes are stingy. I, I was driving down the road. I rubbed my eye and I had to pull over because it was burning so bad. Or I get in the shower and it's so stingy. What's going on? The glue is burning my eyes. And we'll say, no, no, it's not the glue. The adhesive cures by the time that you walk out the door here, weeks ago. What's happening is that the salts and the oils have built up on the eye, and it's caused a film that's very irritating. When you touch it, it gets in there. So the goal is to keep the eye area as clean as possible. That's how you have comfortable lashes. The stinging sensation is an indication that you just simply need to clean the area more. Yeah. So when um, now I reflect on it, and people say, don't wash your eyelashes, you know, put the goggles on, you are setting your clients up for a really stingy sensation. Even when they do get in the shower and they eventually wash that off, it's going to be very stingy before it gets better. Um, that's one of the reasons why we do that eye wash. I want to wash out. We want to wash out the eye because during the process, you can get little flakes of glue, just debris. Um, if you're doing a fill, small bits of old glue uh, can potentially embed underneath. By flushing the eye, I'm, we are making sure that we are letting our, our, our guests go in, in the best possible way. Yeah. As a little teaser, Tusney brought up contact dermatitis. We will have a <laughs> okay. talk just about that yeah. and what you can do to help your guests still continue to have lashes while having contact dermatitis. It is actually not, those two things can go together. And we won't go into that today, right. but that's definitely a All teaser right. for a later podcast, okay. which will cover that topic. One other thing I wanted to, I see, I think, when it comes to um, the glue you know, not lasting or not wanting to get wet. It does give people an out if something's not working. And I That's think right. in the old days, especially when you're troubleshooting, back, you're troubleshooting. We don't understand glue. We don't understand lashes, especially if you're new to this. It's always nice to be able to blame the client. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's something as a salon we don't do. We, 
eat crow a lot, even if we're not the one at wrong. Like we know mm -hmm. the client's been pulling their lashes out because you can tell that with their fingers, they've been yanking each one out. We're not gonna, if they come in and go, my lashes didn't last, and we see that, we're not gonna go, well, it's your fault, you loser. Our job is to make them feel good about themselves, that they're making good choices, and help educate them if we need to, but at the same time, not to blame them. And we will right. at times take it and you know we'll maybe offer a discount right, or do something right. to help make them be happy and right. gain their confidence that we know what we're doing but at the same time educating them right. so it's not about um trying to um always blame the client in fact i think it's a tip it's a bad idea when i first started one of the stories that we were being instructed um it was uh being sure to, to tell your clients not to get them wet and they were explaining how they were troubleshooting. Um, one person had the service done and came back and said they just all came out. And the technician was trying to figure out what that was caused by. And they came to the conclusion that, well, she was a cook. And she would stand over the sink and pour the big pot of boiling pasta into the colander. And that steam would come up and uh, ruin the lashes. Um, you know, when you're trying to figure something out, it's good to... to you know, ferret out all these different ideas and, and, and there's possibilities. You know, that could have been a factor. But I think, I mean, looking back, I, I think more the factor why they came off was not necessarily because she got the glue wet, because they weren't bonded in a way that lent itself to longevity. And so I think that is a very important factor, first of all, is looking at how you bond the lash as, as opposed to how it's treated afterwards. Um, we are of the ilk that we bond the entire lash. And there are many in the industry that says, you know, you shouldn't do that. It doesn't need to be done. Um, we're going to differ on that. Uh, the reason why we do that is because more surface area over the entire lash creates a stronger um, adhesion. Mm -hmm. If you take two popsicle sticks and you put one dot of Elmer's glue on the base of one and, and, and put the other popsicle stick on the top. And then the other one, you spread it like uh, peanut butter all the way across, like it's bread. And you put the other popsicle stick on top and you let them dry. It's much easier to pop that one that's only uh, uh, contacted with a small, like a pea-sized amount. Just a little bit of force can shear that bond and cause it to pop off. Well, you think about that, that's the same thing that's happening with the eyelashes. Any kind of force by brushing, by rubbing, by, t you know, if it's not on there very well, it can just pop right off. So I think it's important to look at those factors, how it's bonded, more so than is it the water? I mean, yeah, it may have been when they washed their, their lashes, those lashes came off, but it wasn't the action of the water causing it. It was the action of them touching because it was a small surface bond. Yeah. So it's it's water is not the enemy. I mean, now nowadays you'll see things like people are talking about a phenomenon. It's it's uh, called flash. Um, I forget the term, flash bonding. But basically, if it gets wet too fast, the 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 bond um, is is not solid. It, it molecularly it, it's it's not solid and it'll shear off faster. Um, I think that that's a possibility, but it's more so if it's just a small area you're going to hedge your bets by getting that entire lash all the way done. I mean, you can, um, if you pour the water on afterwards, you might affect the bond slightly, but less so than if it's just a small area. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. You see what I'm trying mm -hmm. to say? Um, something that I, I thought we could put on our uh, website, been wetting lashes since 2006. 
Because mm-hmm. really, right, the glue <laughs> hasn't changed. It's well, that's funny. Been, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he said wedding. Yeah, wedding. Yeah, like wedding. wedding. We've been wedding. 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 Wet teen. I should with a T, not wedding. That's really cute. Yeah, that's all you're hearing. Erica's hearing. By the time this airs, Erica will have been married, but for now it's still a few weeks away. But yeah, the idea is I think glue never has changed. I mean, people are playing yeah. with the formula and making it dry fast or tacky, whatever. That's mm-hmm. changing. But the, the chemical itself has not changed in any drastic way. And I think a lot of these companies are beginning to see that. And they're just finding fun ways to remarket their glue yeah. to get people to try it. And it seems like they got this new advanced glue when it's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, maybe they made it dry a little faster or something, but they didn't all of a sudden add this new element that made it waterproof. It was always That's waterproof. Right. That's mm-hmm. right. All right. Well, I think we answered that question. If you have anything else about that, you can always get back to us through our social media and ask us more questions regarding that. We love to talk about this and go into more depth. Um, our next thing is we're going to talk about our um, last busters again, round two here on this. We want to hear a little bit from you guys. Just one last tip. We're getting to the end of the podcast here. We want to leave our team or our followers with uh, some helpful information that will improve their life in the last room. All right. And we'll go with uh, Christina. All right. I'm on a magnet trip today. Um, So I opened with the magnetic lashes, and I'm going to close with the magnet lash palette. So I know Tessany and I, actually, we've gone over several different things in the time that I've been with her on the type of palettes that we're using or, like, how we're – what our workspace looks like. And, I mean, the thing that's lasted the longest is we do our trays, our lash trays, like our working lash trays. Um, they're on a magnet. Mm-hmm. And they're so in a magnets app- in a little bag. Right, but the palette uh, is a magnet piece, so it's been many Tray. different forms. It's yes. been a cash box we've mm-hmm. used. Right now I have a magnet. It's actually a kitchen holder. Um, mine is a big kitchen holder that I put like 10 different What's a kitchen holder? On. You know, I don't know. It's like I got it at Marshall's, <laughs> and well, it was is like, it like $3. You put it on the, the wall it's, and you it's hang It's actually knives? supposed to be a blackboard and it was magnetic, and so uh, like you could like do chalk, oh, like you could chalk. I'm sorry, board, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll put that up on the yeah. on on our social media as well, and then I'll show what everybody else uses. Everybody yeah, we'll else take uses a picture. Yeah. little um, like baking trays, mm-hmm. and we connect it to those. I mean, it's we're real inventive, um, <laughs> but the, but the best part about it is that it's super reusable. You don't have to clean the acrylics or worry about them getting like muddy, uh, you know, gunky. Yeah, gunky. From the tape. Exactly. And so what we do is we have little baggies, and they're, of course, from Daiso. But they're like a jewelry bag. Think of like a mm-hmm. clear jewelry bag with a little mm-hmm. Ziploc thing at the end. Like those super small ones. inches by three or four inches, like small. That's small. Right. And then we have little magnets that fit perfectly inside of those, and they're like the box of 100, and I think they came from... Where you line. You line. And they're business card magnets, basically. There you yeah. can print on them a business card and put it on your refrigerator. That's a perfect visual. So it's a business card size baggy and there's yeah. a business card size magnet that goes inside and it fits perfectly so we have so many different types of lashes so you just label erica uses the uh the label maker the label maker my best friend <laughs> So One on the thing top. about Erica, sorry, is that she is so ordered and so detailed. It's like everything is labeled just so. It's so neat and uh, puts me to shame. We'll take a picture of my Yeah, palette. it's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll, we'll do mine. like some examples. Yes. We'll put everybody's yeah, yeah, yeah. palette up there. It'll be fun to see. We'll or match, match who to who, right? So then you, what you do is, you know, you just build on that. And then when we had the cash box, the storage was inside. So you just opened it and slapped it on. That's right. 
Um, some people use a tile Mm -hmm. or in the very beginning, the cheapest, most abundant thing to use was the plastic case that the lashes came in. You just put the strips on that, but over time they get really gunky and, and, and nasty and they tend to fall. And yeah, it just moves around everywhere. There's no stability. So if you put, um, the magnet I mean, you could technically put the lashes on the back of the magnet, but the reason why the bag is there is so that you can just toss it when it gets nasty. Um, the cash box is fantastic because it's got, it's stainless steel. It, magnets are not going to stick to aluminum, but it's got the little uh, spaces inside where the money usually goes that you can just put each little pallet or little tray in there, and then there's rooms for brushes and Q-tips and things like that. But the, the cash box can be heavy, uh, so... One of the things that you can do is just get like a, a small baking sheet or like Christina said, the kitchen magnet board and put that there and, and it just, you put those magnets on and it sticks so that they're not falling all over the floor. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. good. Yeah. Love that tip. Yay. Mine is um, actually something that has saved me in doing lashes is I listen to podcasts and I listen yes. to audiobooks. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't prefer putting something visual like people mm-hmm. watch they won't watch Netflix yeah. but like a documentary in yes. the background that for me is too distracting and so I've just delved into the world of podcasts and I have millions that I listen to it's like you get smarter as you work I, yes exactly <laughs> well I mean most of mine are true crime podcasts <laughs> I love crime no. stories it keeps you engaged yeah, yeah. I know. but uh but yeah that it's so nice to have something just to, so my mind isn't thinking like, oh, what am I going to do when I get off? Or what mm-hmm. am I going to make for dinner? Or, uh, something when I was learning in uh, esthetician school, Jane Werwin from Dermalogica, wow. when she was teaching facials and like doing the massage during facials, she always cautioned us to stay engaged and not mm-hmm. think about what you're doing after work because yeah. then, you know, you're not delivering the quality service because oh, you're absent-minded and... Yeah. So for me, actually listening to something is, it keeps me so my mind doesn't wander and I'm entertained the whole day. So maybe you'll listen to our podcast while you lash. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a great one. Um, it kind of dovetails into mine. Um, you know, when, when, when I first started the, the business, um, I relied real heavily on the personality and the personal interaction that I had with each guest, which is important. Mm-hmm. Um so people were coming to me for the personality. And as I've developed my skill, I actually rely less on that and more on, on the, the actual skill. And I find that I, I do my best work when I'm quiet. Yeah. And so it's important to kind of put that expectation out uh, there to, to the guests. So one of the first things that I do is we have a chit-chat time. In the very beginning, I will say, um, you know, I do my best work when I'm quiet. So we can chit chat and up until the time that I'm going to start to put place the lashes, um, which is also one of the reasons why uh, we offer uh, headphones yeah. in in our salon because it helps. It's it's a it's a verbal cue. It helps put that expectation out there that you're here to give them the best lashes. They're mm-hmm. not coming back f- for your personality. Um, well, that's a, a, an added bonus, but it really should be about the lashes. And so having that tool, which is just the little headphones so that they can plug in, it's a little amenity, but it also kind of sets the tone for the service and allows you to do your best work. If, mm-hmm. if you ever have a client that's super chatty and you just really need to focus in on there, it's it, it, it's a good tool. 
Now, it's also nice to have an extra little amenity when they sit down. We offer them these nice headphones yeah. that we got that look really cool and fancy. <laughs> we even had ideas that we were going to sell them in the salon, too, but right. no one seemed to want to buy them. So well, everybody has. People are picky about headphones, they I are. feel like. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's funny because I have some clients who are excited. They're like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh, I've saved my podcast for my, <laughs> for my lash appointment. Yeah, so funny. The the headphones are fantastic, and they're really luxurious. They're made out of wood, and they're they're really pricey. But I have to say that if we were to do it again, I wouldn't pick that brand. I the and the reason why is because the big cans on the ears do interfere a little bit mm-hmm. with the your ability to move the client's head to the side to get the best. So angle, I'm actually yeah. secretly relieved when they bring their own. Yeah. Um, we spend so much money on this is a nice amenity, but eventually, if you know, we open another salon, I probably won't go a with smaller. something a little bit smaller. But mm-hmm. then again, you think, are we going to do individual ones for each person? Because you know, you've been in a hotel where they offer free ones, and it's great amenity, but they're not that great quality. Right? We could get you those little cute, um, the airplane ones that are just in the little package. Yeah. But better quality, hopefully, than okay, that. Okay, better. <laughs> yeah, so. uh, by the way, when we say they are made out of wood, we don't actually have wooden headphones. Um, they, they're they're, they're, they're The outside part is... It is wood. It is, but the, it's still... The okay, cushion well, part. It's still a cushion. Yeah, because they're like, visualizing a wooden headphone. What does that look it's like? It's actually like? the half shell of a coconut, headphone. and you yeah. put the two coconuts on. No, yeah. no. Tie a little string on. The and... shell is made of a beautiful... Treated it's a decorative wood. part a decorative of the headset. Part, yeah. It's actually still a regular headset. We'll just probably a upload a picture so that you can see. Why not? Why <laughs> not? Got a lot of pictures right. upload. Photos everywhere. <laughs> um, for me, my one, I guess, tip that I'd have, again, I'm going to focus more on the business side, is as a lash professional, most people work for themselves. And I think you can learn a lot by not just looking and listening to podcasts like ours, but Erica kind of hinted at it. She listens to other podcasts to learn or to be entertained. But you can learn a lot from other industries. And Tustin and I listen a lot, or actually really, or I don't say we're critical, but we watch and observe a lot when we go to restaurants and when we go to hotels or spas or anything like mm-hmm. that because there's so much to learn from other service industries. In fact, one of our favorite shows over the years that we've watched, I think almost every episode at this point, mm-hmm. is Hotel Impossible. And we love the show because Anthony McCurry is this passion about the hotel industry, about the hoteliers. And you learn so much from his passion about what he sees, the small things that he sees that you can do better. And there's little things that we've uh, taken from that show and said, that's something we need to do in our salon. For instance, there's the whole uh, 7-Eleven, um, pro- I guess you call it 7-Eleven um, protocol, where if you see someone at 11 feet, you make eye contact. Or 10-4. Oh, it's 10-4. Oh, ten ten four. 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 I got it mixed up. One of those hungry. two. Yeah, 7-11, <laughs> hungry. 10-4, um, the idea is when you see someone at 10 feet, you, you nod, you smile, you make them. some acknowledgement. And when you're within four feet, you say hello. You greet. You greet yeah. them. And I think that's a great thing. And we got that from our right. dear friend, Anthony. So I just, if you want to improve your company, your business, your work, don't just look for what you can do lash-wise. Look at other industries. Look at other, even these shows, a lot of these rally shows around service stuff can teach you a lot on how you can improve your salon. It's really about becoming an observer. And you almost have to observe yourself. Take a moment to be outside your body and to observe your own reactions to whatever service or whatever situation you're encountering. Those uh, reactions are often what your clients are going to feel or encounter. And our goal is to remove as much friction from that as mm-hmm. possible. So uh, be a, a student of yourself. 
watch your own reaction when you walk into a, a restaurant, when you um, go to a hotel, uh, whatever, even a valet interaction, watch it. If you are touched by it, what what made you feel like, hey, this guy really cared? Or if you were dissed, what mm-hmm. was that? What could you do better in your own business to reduce that friction for, for your guests? Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay. That's a wrap. That's another podcast in the can. Congratulations, mm-hmm. guys. Good job. Yay! We've got a live studio audience here again with us. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for coming. Um, we'd love to continue the discussion online via social media. In fact, I think currently it looks like everyone's at the table on their social media while I'm Sorry. talking. Um, please follow us on Instagram, at Integrity Lash, where you can see what our Lash Salon is up to. You can also follow our Lash Professional Instagram account, at integrity underscore lash biz. And uh, th- this account basically set up so that you could learn and get insights about the lash industry and then how we run a, our lash salon. So it's a great chance to kind of peek behind the curtain and see what we're all about. <laughs> Lastly, we'd love to hear from you. So we've set up a Twitter account. Please follow us at integrity lash. Uh, there you can submit questions, suggestions for future podcasts. As this grows and, and gets moving, we're going to need feedback from you guys because we're not going to have all the ideas. Yeah. And it'd be great to start hearing back from you and hear what you would like us to talk about. Mm-hmm. And eventually, we're also, we will have guests at some point mm-hmm. to get this discussion to broaden it and get other people involved. We'd love to, you know, so just submit questions and ideas, sure. thoughts, whatever you, comes to your mind. That'd be great. Yeah, and you can ask questions anywhere. Just use hashtag Lashcast. That's right. So if you don't like Twitter, you can ask us on Instagram, Instagram. or, you yeah. know. We'll find you there. So that's it. Thank you, guys. Thank you for a wonderful, wonderful day recording our second session here. Really excited to get this going. And we'll be back again in a couple of weeks. Have a great day. Happy lashing. Bye. Bye.